Hello, Paul. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, we certainly oh, can, brilliant. yes. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, guys. Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, no trouble at all, mate. <laughs> we have just decided to run a competition. We had a, a prize to give away, so we're asking people on Twitter to ask questions to, to put to you, and we're going to choose a favourite one and, and ask you halfway through, and they'll be the winner of our, our competition prize. Okay. So we had a chance to do that before you came on, so it worked out well. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming on anyway. Uh, no worries. Especially on a on a Friday night. Uh, how are you doing at the moment anyway? And I've just you know you're you're Premier League club support manager, aren't you? So uh-huh. has this has this year been difficult for you in your role doing that? So? Well, my my role's kind of changed really because um, with the Premier League having to oversee all the risk assessments and work with the clubs. Um, my, my role is kind of merged into being, being uh, um, um, a, club, a club advisor, um, uh, an assessor, uh, yeah. a compliance officer, alongside my other role as well, which, I mean, luckily, the academies have still been able to work, albeit it's been a slow, gradual process, but now the games programmes are, are running thick and fast, and I've also had the privilege of being able to oversee some of our first team as well so I've been uh, yeah. I, in fact I was pitch side yesterday so it's been really interesting <laughs> oh brilliant do, uh, just as fans so we've tried to we've done reviews of games and it's like and it seems a bit futile in a way I shouldn't say that because obviously you know people are enjoy they, you know they want football they want some sort of normality but do you think we as fans underestimate the mental health aspects of what the players are going through right now in this situation well again we, we're assuming that that because the guys are focused because obviously yeah. they're able to get tested on a weekly you know even a bi-weekly basis that they're all in a good place but it's um it's been a strange old time and uh, players have been um obviously they can be asymptomatic and still have a positive test and obviously two weeks off where you're trying to keep yourself you know safe and uh, yeah. and and free from you know further uh, problems then you come back you can't get any rhythm going there's been injuries alongside that there's been international breaks and and so it's been it's been a strange time and and again because there's an assumption that the professional footballers just get on with it but yeah. you don't know and, and obviously if they've lost the parents i mean you know that pep lost his mum and, and so there's other other things which you bring into the mix which we're not fully you know aware of and 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 so we 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 assume that everyone's okay we hope everyone's okay but to all intents and purposes everyone's vulnerable at the moment aren't they yeah well I did podcast last week and we said you see that football's got coronavirus and you think oh that's them out for 14 days but that's a bit of a yeah <laughs> that's not really the situation is it yeah we just because they're athletes and they're healthy doesn't mean that they're not going through a diff- difficult situation. So yeah, and also, uh, guys, don't don't forget as well that they're so used to you know playing in front of uh, a crowd, playing in front of fans. Mm. And ironically, I was speaking with Brian Kidd yesterday, and we were talking about this. And there's a there's that um, there's an energy which the fans can give players. You know, and in mm. certain key moments, they can just raise the uh, the intensity and the temperature. You know, on the pitch. You really get a sense of that. We talk about this, you know, where 
the, the, the mythical 12th man and you know metaphorically speaking but you know there's a lot to be said for that and and you do see certain teams that are really struggling without the fans I mean look at Sheffield United people yeah. can say well yeah they've had a full season now and the players they've got you know may may not be at the you know Premier League standard but I, I I'd argue that they, they are a very very strong side very good side very well disciplined and and obviously last season was was no fluke because you can't just come in and do that but they've really really struggled without the fans and so there's a lot of other things to take into consideration and um yeah it, it's, it just feels really strange and uh it, i suppose for lots of fans it's hard to really get excited but you know obviously i'd rather see games albeit with you know added noise or without than no yeah. football at all but it's yeah it isn't the same and, and it is difficult for everyone concerned I'm sorry to interrupt uh, Howard sorry just very quickly um, we are £50 short right now of making the £2,500 mark so and then with an hour to go come on guys if you haven't donated yet if you've listened in we've got Paul Lake here we've been podding all day we've had some great guests if you've listened in, I know times are tough, but £50 short of £2,500, it'll be one hell of an achievement. So, yeah, I'll step back. Cheers, guys. No, Paul, I was just going to say, the I think we're, when we were 3-1 down at home to Leicester, I think that was a key moment of not having a crowd. Because I was watching that game and I thought, yes. we're not coming yeah. back into that game. Where if this was a full crowd, you know, who knows, we might have uh, cheered them on. Is that, if you... Have you, you, know, you've, you said you've been at the club. Have they, have they offered a lot of support for the players? Have you seen anything you know, about that side of things? Oh, yeah. I mean, in terms of mental health and player care, you know, right the way through the clubs, it's, it's very strong. I mean, we've, we've heard, uh, sadly, uh, recently that a young man who uh, took his own life, mm. you know, he left City two years ago. But, you know, I, I worked with the Premier League have for the last, last nine years. And player care, every academy, for instance, has a player care manager. Um, they have, we have, um, they've had so many webinars during this uh, this lockdown around keeping people's mental health at the forefront of all that you're doing, you know, and, and staff as well. But, you know, in terms of uh, regular uh, mental health awareness um, courses are put onto the clubs, um, the players are reviewed uh, every six weeks. They have conversations. They have uh, uh, catch-ups on Zoom. They'll be speaking with the teammates, speaking with the parents. And don't forget as well that, guys, that if you're a young player and you've come from overseas or you've come from you know a different part of the country because of lockdown, you may yeah. not have seen your family for you know almost five months, six months. And although you're on FaceTime and you're all these things, it's not, never the same. And, and again, with the first team players, they're having to look after their own families and, and be a dad who's been concerned about, um, about obviously, this, this infection and, and, and the, the, the possibilities that are out there for everyone concerned and to try and steady their own ships and try and keep some kind of normality. You know, so, I mean, I've seen it at City now where you've got the women's game, you've got the EDS, you've got the 18s, you've got obviously the first team. And you've got the younger age groups. I actually watched the under-11s train last night, which was a real, you know, really enjoyable uh, sight to see these young lads that can handle the football so beautifully. You know, great coaches, good people, great environment, mindful of, of COVID all the time, risk assets, safe space, all those kind of things wherever possible. And, uh, yeah, you know, so every club, City especially, uh, are doing the damnedest. I mean, they've got a chap called Clive Wilton who's... Um, 
head of the um, head of basically all the facilities and all the risk assessments. You know, the, the work that City are doing to keep them, you know, up and running and uh, as risk averse as they possibly can is is absolutely first class. So, you know, all that they can do, they're doing. But uh, as we keep saying, it's uh, you know it, it's it's never ever going to be the same without the fans, and it just just goes to show how important. Okay, fans aren't necessarily well; they're not, and certainly the top echelons of the game, they're not paying anyone's wages anymore. But they're certainly the game is so much different without them, and it, it'll never be the same until the fans are back. Yeah, I, I did wonder, yeah, you know, the likes of Ruben Diaz and Fern Torres moving to City across countries at this time must be extremely difficult for them so mm. I don't want to start you know judging them I mean they've done brilliantly but now is not the time to judge them anyway if it, you know I mean what 20 years old and 23 years old it's uh, a huge thing to do because we're not in normality uh, yeah. what, I do want to no, talk about no. players with you but can I just ask one question as well okay. uh, the mental health of fans sure too and those not just fans mm. but those who are working behind the scenes volunteers, staff, everyone at City, all across football. Do you think that's been adversely affected by, I don't know, a lot of feeling of dislocation, really, because so many of us rely on football to give us a fix in life? Yeah, it, it's, it, it goes without saying that for lots of people, um, you know, looking forward to the games at the weekend, the part of that, yeah. that, that gathering, that, that social, that community that we have in terms of football club you support, you know, um, is going to be, it's a, it's a routine that, that we've quickly gotten out of. And it, it's one that you kind of, the, the knock-on effects in terms of looking forward to weekends, for some people, you know, they have a really difficult, challenging lives or, you know, working all the hours that, that God sends if they can, now being furloughed or potentially losing their jobs, will they be able to maintain the season tickets? And you've got the fans that, that literally... You know, their their working life revolves around City. Lots and lots of fans, you know, that it, it's it's such a huge part of their lives. That to have that separation now it's mm. it's a, a dislocation beyond beyond any recognition and no one could have possibly seen the knock on effect, but not just in terms of um, of your routine and your and things that you'd look forward to, but like you say, once you once you're losing that 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 togetherness, then you add into the the mix the fact that you know COVID doesn't seem to be going away. There's a vaccine. Hopefully that will be in place next year at some point. But there's still that 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 nervousness about you know things not particularly changing and what have people got to look forward to. And uh, you know you can have conversations. We can we can watch games whilst we're on FaceTime with somebody. We've got WhatsApp groups. You can have a make the make the best of it. But there's nothing like going to the Etihad, and and you'll never ever be able to, you know, replicate that. No matter how ingenious you are with these the, the, the virtual world that we live in today, it's never going to be the same. So the fans are struggling uh, generally, and when you when you when you add in as well that you can't even see your own families, you know, it's a really really awful time for everyone. So you know, I I'd, I'd you know reiterate that you see it all the time, but make sure you catch up with your family, make sure you're speaking with your mum, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, just a, a touch point to see how are you doing. You know that can yeah. mean so much. It, it, it's a really really tough time for everyone. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Well said. Uh, right, got to ask you though, topical. How happy are you? How pleased are you to hear about Pep's new two-year contract? 
yeah, I am. I'm delighted. I mean, because you, you think about the the um, the fact that he's building a new side, he's brought in young players, he's he's, he's been so patient with full fold, and we've been maybe he's frustrated by that. But you can see now um, the team developing, and, and and obviously at some point someone's going to have to try to replace Sergio Aguero. I don't envy that individual. Yeah. But, you know, you, you've got to have that. So there's a team that's being rebuilt and. I, I see training all the time and the intensity and the passion and the detail, you know, it, it's got unfinished business, Pep, anyway. So, you know, although we're all wondering if is he going to stay, is going to go, if he's going to go, who on earth can pick the mantle up from Pep Guardiola and, and, and do justice to, to this team? You know, it, it was obviously a, a concern. So I suppose it's given, you know, Cheeky Big Everstein and the likes a bit of breathing space to, to be able to find his replacement. But in the meantime, you know, I'm absolutely delighted because I, I, I love how we play. And, and yeah. teams are now becoming more aware of how to play against us. We've not scored as many goals this season. We have found it harder. We've not really found our rhythm at all. But, you know, Pep's evolving like everybody else. And, you know, the talent that he's working with. I mean, I watched training yesterday and it was just breathtaking, you know, some of the football. So yeah. if we start, if we can replicate that and really sort of find our our fourth gear, I think we can start to find that consistency again and, and find that goal-scoring touch because if it hasn't been Sergio, not, not had Sergio or Gabby, and, and that's been a real frustration and it's been difficult. So I think there's so much more to come and I think this just steadies the ship now with um, Kev De Bruyne now wanting to commit to a longer deal. Yeah. You know, Phil, Phil Foden really now coming into his own. Um, obviously, Ferran scoring goals at the, uh, you know for um, Spain at the weekend and, and looking like, you know, he's... It's a tip of the iceberg in terms of what he can bring to the team. So, oh, no, it's really, really exciting. And I'm delighted that uh, Pep's decided to stay for a couple more seasons, you're, yeah. You're definitely the best person to ask. I've been arguing this with the other guys on the podcast for weeks. Because Pep didn't commit to a contract, everyone else said this affects the players, not knowing if he's going at the end of the season. I said it doesn't really matter. They should be able to perform because they know he's here. This, you know, It doesn't really matter if he's there another two years am I completely wrong in thinking that is him signing a new contract a huge boost to the players who are already here well if you think about it um, you have a manager say for instance the likes of, of, of Phil Foden but you know where uh, you've got um, uh, Emmerich for instance or, or yeah. Ruben you know or, or Ferran so these guys have been brought in by Pep you know, and and the the thoughts yeah. of being coached by one of the, the top coaches ever to to grace the Premier League, ever in football, maybe for that matter, to 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 then be saying, well, I'll bring you in, but in six months I'm I'm off. You know, that that would be a bit unnerving because it's also about personality. And the thing is, you know, Pep's are very demanding. You know, obviously the standards are yeah. set so so high, but you know, it's very affable, and you know. It, he really cares about the players. When we talk about that relationship between the players and the and the and the manager, or you know, players and the coach, and and sometimes there can be a, a disconnect for whatever reason. But you know, Pep's man management skills and the team he's brought in around him, you know, work so well with all the players. And I think once you just get used to someone's personality, and you can, you know, obviously you've got your own standards. You know that you know you've got your own uh, your own responsibilities. But at the same time, if you really enjoy working with your manager on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, and it's a pleasure to come into training, 
then you know you've got everything in place to make that player absolutely flourish. So I think from that perspective, I would suggest that that's really um, you know a, a kind of a reassurance for the players. I mean, yeah, they, they, they are professional. They will get on with it. They pay, they're very well paid, and and they want to play and want to win. They want to win everything, training sessions. They want to, yeah. you know, win a head tennis, you name it. Never mind, you know, you know, regaining the, the uh, title again and, and perhaps getting to the final of Champions League. All these things, you know, these are things that Pep's talking about constantly. So that's their standard now. But to have it, you know, and to be able to get there or get as close as possible with Pep, you know, sort of, you know, um, uh, driving the team forwards and you've got that assurance that I've got two more years of working with this guy day yeah. in, day out, week in, week out is, is something which is just I think it's just settled the whole environment you know, staff alongside the players, because everyone loves him, I mean they genuinely do love him and he's just got that Midas touch really Yeah, now I have to say I've cheated here I've got in touch with Joe and said is there a question Paul would love to answer and she said you've been following Phil Foden's progress from a very young age is that true oh yeah, yeah would, I mean, you like been... to, would you like to <laughs> walk us through the uh, evolution of Phil Foden well you know he's he's been such a talent I mean he was you know from being six years of age he's been at City so you know yeah. from being an absolute dot and you speak to the coaches at the time and they'll say they saw it then. You know, there's there's not many players that you can say are at one with the football like Phil Foden is. You know, he's just yeah. he's just a beautiful mover and it feels like he can do anything with the football, you know, left foot, right foot, you name it. You know, he's just got absolutely everything. But what I've loved is the fact that because he's been a late developer, coaches at times have wanted to play him down so that it can, you know, really sort of hold his own physically. But they haven't done that because they've seen that this kid has got to be stretched. He's got to be able to find a way because it may be that, you know, he's always going to be slight. But so how is he going to handle the physical nature of football? So he's always been uh, played up, if you will, or certainly at his own age. And then I remember going to a, a tournament in Germany and and when you saw Phil walk out onto the pitch with some of the German players, it was like he was walking out with his dad. That's the the, yeah. the, the, the difference in the in the physical mm. presentation that he had. And he was the best player on the pitch. And he used his body. You know, worst case scenario, he bought free kicks. But he would roll people. He would he would nick inside. He would just change his pace. But it would just open his body, as you've seen. He's just he just moves and he glides. You know, he's like a. He's like a ballerina, really, when he's yeah. on the pitch. And, and, you know, the comparisons with David Silva, you know, in terms of someone being able to replace David, well, he's a different player and no one can re replace a David Silva like for like. And you're never going to be able to do that. But, but, but Phil has grown, you know, in stature, you know, in consistency, in, in the fact that, you know, that reliability, been able to handle himself, you know, when, when the when the going gets really physical, that he, he doesn't go missing, that, you know, and he's never hidden. He's never hidden from any challenge, from wanting the ball on on his own goal line. It, he'll receive the ball there and try and find a pass. He's got no fear at all. Yeah. And, and when you've got that consummate trust in your own ability, 
you then bring other players with you you know and that's what he's been able to do is is inspired players all around him you know and and you know knowing that you've got someone on the pitch so you can trust with the ball that wh- wherever it is means that it gives you time you know and we talk about city being able to rest with the football well phil foden personifies that and yet you know he moves so quickly with the football you know if you if you if you're not completely at it and on your toes he'll just glide past you I mean, we saw that beautiful bit of skill we saw the other night when he's literally done a, uh, you know, a half volley Cruyff to beat the uh, yeah. the Finland wide player. I mean, it was just. I mean, that's just that that's commonplace. You see him in training. You know, he's doing that all the time. I mean, to be honest with you, so is Bernardo Silva and you know yeah. Riyad Mahrez. He's not on his own that regard. But you know, he you can trust him. You know, with that group and beyond. But the whole time you've got a player that's a Man City fan. You've got, he's a he's a he's a local lad. He lives and breathes football. You could have paid him, you know, um, smarties, you know, and he would still yeah. play at the same level of Manchester City, you know. And and he he, he just he, he's always with a football, you know. He's the kid that when you watch him in a tournament and you were walking off, if if they were getting the trophies, you know, and you're saying where's Phil, he's behind them. And he's, he's he's trying to score more goals into an empty net while everyone's queuing to get the the trophies, and he's waiting to get his man of the match trophy as well. He's just he just lives and breathes football more than any player I have ever seen, and the joy that he gets out of every training session you can yeah. see it. You know, I'm quite envious of that joy because some players play. Um, you know, with with that that fear of of, of yeah, I can't lose, I can't be beaten. No, mm. that fear of defeat. He doesn't have that. He has the joy of embracing the game and showing all the time. This is what I can do. This is what I am about. And this is how much the shirt means to me. When you bring all that together with someone that's got the an unprecedented, you know, incredible talent probably one of the most talented players that Manchester City will ever have yeah. you know that is that is a, an equation for someone who is going to be a legend for years to come if that oh. if that summarizes it then I'm I'm probably still doing him a disservice <laughs> that's that is music to my ears uh, one final question on Phil Foden before we do the competition question uh, are you happy how Pep's introduced him into the side I mean obviously there's been so much media coverage about oh why aren't we playing why aren't we playing but do you think he's he's handled it pretty well just by easing it in he has and I think what he's looked at his time at Barcelona even lovely even when the man and he's yeah. realised that how the likes of you know Iniesta and Messi were introduced and um you know, he's probably maybe seen that some players haven't been, and how that may have impacted them. Maybe two seasons later, for instance. So he's got a you know a, um, a wealth of, of craft knowledge about how to transition players, you know, between the 23s or B teams into the first team, and and how to kind of wet the whistle to give them a taste. But yeah. because the training sessions are so intense, you know, they're 100%. You train how you play with Pep Guardiola. And I think yeah. with all those things considered, he's got used to the players. The players got used to him, and the players love him. All the players love him. You know, he's, he's such a popular lad. Not that you know he speaks to every single player every day, but that, it's yeah. just the, the way that he carries himself and, the, and that that enthusiasm which he brings to every session and every moment. You know, it, it's uh, it's infectious, and it, he mm. has that impact in the whole squad. So no, it's uh, 
it's just wonderful to see to be honest yeah uh, Steve um, Paul the competition question um, I've looked at them all <laughs> and there's some really really good questions yeah. but the one I really want to ask you um, balm cake or muffin which is it I'm John it's neither it's a, it's a, well, to be honest, it's a muffin oh, for me. A muffin? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's oh. how I was, I was brought oh. up with a muffin, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> we were doing so well. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise, but there you go. Yeah. It's a... I'm trying to... Andy Knowles is the winner. Uh, well done, Andy. <laughs> you win um, the car fresheners of the city kit, and we'll let you know in due course and sort that out for you. Uh, we've smashed £2,500. Um, really quite emotional about that, and... Paul, thank you so yeah. much. It's been a really fascinating. I've been following social media as you've been on, and the response has been fantastic. You have a love that people have for you, um, and the respect, and just we love listening to you as well, and, and so informative. So thank you so much, mate. It's a pleasure. No problem. Yeah, and I've said it a lot today. We could have talked for another two hours, but oh, it's absolutely. the nature yeah. of the day. We thought twelve hours was a huge amount of time, but it's flown by. Thank <laughs> you. I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time out to speak to us. Anytime, Thank guys. Well done, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah, take care. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the best of the future, sir. Thank you very Cheers, much. Sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.